0: As a consumer, I have to be honest, the certifications that are on products I buy have just gotten to the point where they're so prolific that I don't pay attention to them. You know, you, know, you, get, you get something, you get ready to unbox it, and you're in that unboxing process, and, and you pull out all these other pieces of paper. They're not the instructions. It's not, you know, guidance. It's just certification, warranty, certification, warranty, and I tend to just toss them. But at the same time, as a consumer today, I find myself very dependent upon reviews. And so I will go out and purchase something. Almost all my purchases are online. I have never liked stores. One or two, maybe at some point in time, Abercrombie and Fitch up in Dallas. Back when it was a true hunting outfitter, before it came a teenager clothing store with inappropriate clothing, um, it was great. You could go up there and see backpacks that had been to Everest. You could see stuffed lions. I mean, it was it was kind of like a really cool visit to the museum of natural history for hunters. Um, but I guess basically, after they converted that store into whatever you want to call it today. Um, I just lost interest somewhere along the way, so I don't like going to stores, I don't, I don't like ever going to stores, any kind of store. So I love online. But I've gotten almost addicted, almost OCD about reading reviews, because I want to know what other people's opinions are of the product I'm about to buy. And if I don't get good reviews or the reviews are confusing, there's too many or something in the process, then I will text one of my friends. Recently, I was buying some more equipment, and, and uh, I wasn't being real successful with reviews on which one was best, or which one was performing the best, which one was enduring the best, and so I text my friend who I trust, and I said, said hey, which one do you believe is the best? And he sent me a, a, an excellent review back, you know, like, well, these two are the most, these are the best. They're the most expensive. These two are mid-range on price and probably on quality. These two are low range on price and probably quality as well. And I didn't go any further. I said, okay, this is the one he said is best. He's using it. I get online and I ordered it. And it comes in three days later and used it this past weekend and Happy and thrilled. I know, everybody's dying. You're going right now. This is one of those stories where he's telling us everything he did, but he's not telling us what he bought. It was a, it, that's because half of you aren't going to know what I'm talking about. It was a red dot, it was a red dot sight for a, a pistol. And so I just wanted to know which one I was he thought was the best. It's helpful, even if at times it could be harmful, I guess, to have these reviews, to have these opinions that lets you know what somebody thinks about this, how it worked and how it functioned for them. And when we go to 1 Thessalonians and we go to chapter two, that reads a lot like a review. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Thessalonica up in northern what is Greece today. He's writing to this church and he's basically saying to this church, these are things I've heard about you. These are things I've witnessed. These are things I've watched. These are things I experienced when I was there with you. And this is my review of that f- moment and that faith that was experienced in that moment. It's, it's like he's certifying what was taking place at the church in Thessalonica. I am told by our communications people that your reviews are helpful. That right now, those of you who are on live stream, um, particularly on YouTube, some of you are on our website, because you can access it on both YouTube and on the website, you go on there right now. I'm told that you can go on there. When you hit that thumbs up, somehow the algorithm reads that out, gives us higher placement, higher visibility. So this morning when I was online with you, and I was saying good morning, and how excited I was to worship, I had the advantage of knowing we were going to sing one of my favorite songs today, so I was looking forward to it. I I wasn't really ignoring the other songs, but I was kind of waiting until we got to the one I wanted to sing, Um, and I went on there, so my thumbs up's already on there, so if there's only one on YouTube right now, it's mine, which (laughs) might be a little embarrassing, so maybe the rest of you could help me out some this morning, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, I'm told the thumbs down doesn't help us that much, (laughs) and so, so maybe not hit that one if you don't mind, but the reviews help. And a review for a church, and we have a lot of guests this morning. We've had guests that were with us in Bible study, and guests that are in the service. And you come, and you overcome so much to come to church on a Sunday morning. Right now, you overcome pandemic and disease and, and fears. If you have children, you overcame your children. If you have parents, you might have had to overcome your parents. I mean, you had to overcome the drive. You had to overcome the temperature and the weather, and today's one of those days. It's one temperature when you come to church. It's another temperature when you leave for lunch, I mean, it's not necessarily easy, and you made the effort to be here, to experience, to see. And you're rightfully asking the question, is this going to be a good experience? Is this going to be a helpful moment? So there's a certification process that happens in life, and it's applicable even to our faith, how we live out our faith, and and the truth, and the clarity, and the authenticity of our faith. If we subject ourselves to a review, if we subject ourselves to opinions about how we did in our faith, how's that review come out? How many, how many stars are we out of how many stars? And, and what are the things that are said? It's, it's helpful. When I was becoming a Christian, when I was being shared and, and told about what knowing Christ was like and how having a relationship with Jesus would change my life, I paid attention almost intuitively to what other people said about churches and about other Christians. Not because I thought everything they said was right, but I wanted the opinion. I, I wanted the review. I wanted the verification. I wanted the certification. This is an activity that is worthwhile. This is a place that I could put my time. Now, be honest, in that consumer moment, I've never been let down. I've had hard times, just as the Apostle Paul will acknowledge in this section of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, that he had some difficulties when he was in Thessalonica and in that whole northern Greece region, particularly when he was in the city of Philippi, there was persecution and there were hardships. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for him to go to church. In in his case, he had people waiting in plot to try to either falsely get him arrested or even potentially physically harm him because of his faith. But he stayed faithful to it, and it was true, and his experience was life-changing, and it was, it was foundational, as we've been singing about today. It was foundational to who he is as an individual, and now in history, looking back, who he is to us as we see his life, because he's just like us. There is this tendency sometimes in all spheres of life to elevate people beyond a level that they deserve. They're human just like us. They've had the same struggles, they've had the same difficulties, and this is true of biblical characters. Nothing wrong with having a biblical hero, but just understand that biblical hero is no different than you. And how we apply our faith into our life gives us the opportunity to become a biblical hero to somebody else. So let's certify our faith. Let's, in the very first point, I wanna talk about validation, because Paul shows how what took place in Thessalonica, what took place in that moment in that church. And with him as a leader, faith was validated. So we're back in 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 2. We're in the very first verse. He describes three things that validate faith in this section. He says, for you yourselves know, this is in verse 1. And let me just... Pause for a second. we have had a lot of guests this morning we 've had a lot of people we 've given out a lot of Bibles this morning, which we do regularly. We want everybody to have a Bible, so at a bare minimum, pull out your phone, download the u version Bible app, pick the version christian standard bible that 's the one i 'm teaching out of at a bare minimum, do that if you would like. One with real paper. We will be more than happy to give that to you too. The coffee shop up front, the the connection area, they've got Bibles and they will be more than happy. We want everybody to have a Bible because it guides us in our life. And in this guidance, in verse one, in 1 Thessalonians chapter two, he says, you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our visit with you was not without result. He calls upon the congregation, He calls on the people and says, you already know this. You were there. You experienced it. It touched your life. It made a difference. Faith was true. Faith was validated in that moment together. The greatest review of our church, the greatest review of our ministry, the greatest review of our individual lives of faith are from the people around us. They see us. They experience us. They know us. They know us in our good moments. They know us in our bad moments. They know us in the times when things are easy. They know us in the times when things are hard. What will the people who know us say? And Paul calls on them. You yourselves know that our time together wasn't without result. It wasn't purposeless. It wasn't meaningless. That's why your comments and your invitation to a friend, to invite them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus is the strongest way to help somebody meet Jesus. And that's the highest priority. Secondary to that is the place where we grow and we worship and we, we spend time together, and that's church. And the greatest invitation anyone ever gets to a church activity is from us personally, one-on-one. It doesn't mean it's not important to spend the time and the money and the effort into things that we do to advertise and market and communicate because we want everybody to have that invitation to experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But the strongest one comes from the person who knows. When the reviews online weren't helping me, I turned to a friend I trusted. When your friend, your office mate, your schoolmate is trying to figure out faith and trying to understand faith. They're gonna to turn to you before they're gonna to turn to any national registry or international registry of popular or successful or meaningful churches. They wanna know that it make a difference to you. And Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, you know, you know it made a difference. And then in, in verse four, go down a few verses, He acknowledges that the things that they did while they were in Thessalonica were approved by God. This is where the certification comes in real important. God stamped his approval. The way lives were changed, the way things happened, it was clear God was moving. It wasn't just a a, a moment of philosophy or experience. It wasn't some kind of, um, you know, esoteric Moment that this felt good. It wasn't that it was just high quality in certain areas. It was God moving and God touching. Every person of faith should be able to turn to friends and find validation for their faith, and they should be able to turn to God, communicate to God in this moment and say, God, how am I doing? And we'll get it. You may not verbally hear it, but you'll know in your heart And and it'll begin to play out this week as you live your life in the environments you are, that God is behind this. God is with this. In fact, in verse four, I mean, in verse five, the following verse, he says, God is our witness. In other words, God is filling out the review. God is willing to testify to the things that happened in Thessalonica. Faith is validated. But we have to understand faith can be challenged. It doesn't mean that it's always easy and it's always just good experiences. He says, on the contrary, at the end of verse one, he remembers their time together and he references a historical moment when he was in Philippi, and you can find this in the book of Acts. On the contrary, he says, after we had previously suffered and were treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, it was a horrible experience in Philippi. He was falsely accused. He was abused by legal officials that denied his Roman citizenship. In fact, the only way he kept from being inappropriately and illegally executed in Philippi was he finally said, in the midst of the torture, are you really supposed to treat a Roman citizen? Because they, they, thought, they thought he was from Jerusalem they knew he had been a Jew before he was a Christian and it never dawned on them that he was a Roman citizen protected by Roman law, from that kind of persecution. Another good reason to remember that early voting begins to happen in two weeks. And we want elected officials that recognize the right to worship and share faith. Because the law currently in the United States protects us. We meet here free this morning, outside of permanent permits or regulations, because we're meeting to worship and we're meeting to study God's word. And Philippi, his rights had been denied and the persecution turned into torture and it was a horrible situation. But look at the response. This is how faith gets validated when faith is challenged. We were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel. That's just the the message of hope. That's just inviting people to know Jesus. We were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel of God to you in spite of great opposition. True faith thrives under any environment. Yes, there are environments, and we, and we work hard to do that. We work hard to create environments that nurture and help us grow all of us not just kids who are off at of children's worship right now who have been to Bible study this morning, but all the adults. That's why we press Bible studies so much and encourage us so much and why different ministries hold specialized Bible studies. We want to create a nurturing, welcoming, almost an incubator for faith. But if circumstances switch, and it's bad, and it's difficult, and it's hard, and you experience persecution at school, or you experience persecution in the workplace, or you experience persecution, unfortunately, in some cases, even at home, faith can still thrive. It is cross-environmental. You can put it in any environment, and stay true to God, and stay true to Christ, and that Christ lead you in the midst of that environment, and still succeed and still make the difference in your life. Faith can be validated by the people around us, by God himself. Faith will experience this challenge, but those challenges still lead it to a place of certified authenticity and truth. Faith oftentimes is distilled. He says in verse three, for our exhortation didn't come to you from error or impurity or an intent to deceive. Because that's not what true faith is about. True faith is not about accomplishing a re- level of recognition. It's not about accomplishing some kind of degree or or set of credentials that make you valuable or worthwhile. Faith is about living the holiness of God, made possible through the love of God. None of us can live up to the holiness of God. We all To know Jesus, we all have to admit we're sinners and we all have to admit we're broken and we all have to admit that we need his forgiveness and his unconditional love. None of us deserve the love of God. None of us deserve the grace of God. But yet, God still gives it to us. And so this process is a distilling process where there is an expectation to do the right things, to live faith correctly. He says, instead, just as we've been approved by God, which we've already looked at, to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please people, but rather to please God. But rather God who examines our hearts. For we never use flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives. God is our witness to those truths. It's a great thing when church is a good experience. And we try and we have an obligation because of our calling to make that happen on a regular basis and we want to make it happen on a regular basis. But it's not for the same reasons. Abercrombie and Fitch can jettison and leave behind all the hunters. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt got his equipment from Abercrombie and Fitch. And I can guarantee you I have never seen a historic picture and I have read literally all of Teddy Roosevelt's works. He never wore skinny jeans. (laughs) Now if you want to wear skinny jeans, that's fine. I've I've gotten over that. Teddy Roosevelt wouldn't recognize the Abercrombie and Fitch of today. Because Teddy, because Abercrombie and Fitch's bottom line, and I don't mean to just be ragging on them today, but they're just a great example of how mission changed over the years. Because their bottom line has always been about profit. Oh, I know. They'll give you commercials that tell you how great they are in the community, but their bottom line is profit and shareholders. Our bottom line always has to be, always, that it is approved by God. Our our church has one shareholder. I mean, he do, he doesn't just have the majority. Stocks. He doesn't have just the majority holdings. He is the holdings. There's only one, and that's God. The head of this church, according to Scripture, is Jesus. And so at the end of the day, no matter what we've done, the bottom line question for us, and the bottom line question for the authenticity and truth of our faith is, was God happy with what we did? Ironically, that means sometimes you have to make people unhappy because not everybody wants what God wants. Not everybody has the same passion for the world that God does. Not everybody is willing to give up their only son so that the world will know that they can be saved, they can be forgiven, they can have eternal life, and they can be that deeply loved. But at the end of the day, the greatest review is God's review. What's taking place? Faith needs to be distilled. What are the most important and most pragmatic parts of growing in Christ, living in Christ, demonstrating, characterizing the name of Christ? That's our goals. And that's what we have to strive for. Because we are first and foremost believers in Jesus. They called us in Antioch, the first place in the book of Acts in history, where Christians were called Christians, they called us that because the life they were living was so distinctly about who Jesus is that it was the only name they could come up with. Let's just call them Christians because they follow Jesus. You know, 2,000 years has passed since they called us that in Antioch, and Christian has become almost a byword and, and a label that society uses very flippantly. But with our friends, with our family, with our schoolmates and our workmates, in those environments, they need to clearly know that our faith is true, that I am first and foremost a follower of Jesus. I mean, it's great to be a part of a church and I love being a part of our church. I love being a part of this church, you know, quite honestly, more than I've ever enjoyed being a part of a church. Because I'm on the backside of church sometimes and I see a lot of stuff most people don't ever have to see. So church can be hard. But I love being a part of our church. But the reason I love being a part of our church is because being a part of our church helps me be a follower of Jesus. I look forward to being together. And I'm not just saying that. It's it's not about motives and flattery and, and things that accomplish something for us. I pulled in this morning, like I do almost every Sunday morning um, on our current schedule right now, I don't have to be here at the crack of dawn like some people do. and I, So there's already cars coming in and there's people walking in to their classes and the different activities for the day and volunteers getting stuff ready for the front and for the greeters and volunteers coming and getting ready for other activities that are happening. And I always pull in right here and I pull in and I stop at that corner right there. Um, I frustrate people sometimes because there's not actually a stop sign right there, but I stop anyway. I kind of feel like it's my campus. I mean, after all. I'm the pastor, right? (laughs) Um, That's a good example of what we're trying not to do in in, in verses three through five. Learn by our mistakes as well as as the good things we do. But I pull in and I park right there. I just stop and I just start praying. God, thank you. And it's always thanks first. Thank you that I'm going to be here this morning. Thank you that I can see Kelly coming in with a friend. Thank you that I can see Charlotte and Alan headed towards their class and back over here to the worship center. Thank, thank you that I can see teenagers coming in. Thank you I can see the Vanyans coming in and their kids heading over to, over to the student room. Thank you that I can see Aaron and Joy getting out of their car and heading to lead their Sunday school class and their Bible study group. You know, just thank you. Thank you for all the early risers that got up so I didn't have to. I mean, just thank you for being here. Thank you that we've got worship. Thank you that rehearsal's are already taking place. Not because we're striving for a perfection that gains us notoriety, but because we want today to honor you. And I literally prayed that this morning, that we would honor you, that our worship team would honor you, our teachers would honor you. And then I prayed what I consider the most important prayer. I said, Lord, I worked all week, I know what I wanna say, I know what I wanna teach, I understand those scriptures, but I need you to move today. Our people, those who are here, those who are on live stream, you, you need to hear something helpful that leads and guides towards God. You need to hear his voice. Even if it speaks through my voice, it's his voice. We have to distill our faith to verify it and certify it. And then that leads us to a place of focus. Faith is focused. At the very end of verse six, as he's just said these things about the motives and and the purity of those motives and distilling that and being on target, he talks about focus. We didn't seek glory from people, either from you or from others. It's a hard balance sometimes. We need to understand the trends we, we need to be uh, a phrase that a group I was a part of years and years and years ago that were innovative pastors and innovative leaders in, in Christian thought. We called ourselves Men of Issachar from 2 Chronicles. The Men of Issachar were warriors that wouldn't give up when it was hard and they would carry it through and their goal was always to honor God and always to support the king, King David. The Men of Issachar were told, And it was, and their explanation of these men were, they understood the times and knew what needed to be done, knew what to do. We understand the times, we study, we, we understand what it takes to reach in this generation, but it's always for the purpose of the glory of God. They understood the times and knew what Israel needed to do. We understand the times and know what the church needs to do, but it's not for us. It's for the glory of God. I think our assurance, I think our assurance comes when faith is true, when it's real, when it's authentic. I, I think we live with this sense of, this is the right thing. Me. And I know for me when I made the decision to become a follower of Jesus, I know for me in that moment the reality, the authenticity, the truth I had seen in those friends who went out of their comfort zone to befriend me so that I might have the opportunity to meet Jesus and have a life changing relationship with Him. That assurance came because I saw it lived out day in and day out. I am with people in some of their happiest moments and some of their saddest moments. And in both scenarios, faith is always clear. And that true faith is an assurance to those who are already believers and those who are considering being a believer. If we're already a believer, then let's just embrace the assurance of what God has done for us and live our faith true this week at school, at home, at work. And in any environment we find ourselves, let's live our faith accurately. And if you're not a believer yet, it is the easiest, simplest decision you will make this week. You just simply express in your mind and in your heart to God. That's all prayer is. It's, it's like just talking out of your heart. You, you can't see him, so it's a little bit harder to make eye contact but he's always listening. You just tell him right now in this moment, you just say, look, God, I I want real faith. And if faith can change my life, then I want you to change my life. Just express the desire to be forgiven. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me. Express that hope to have a meaningful and purposeful life. God, come into my life. Live in me. Guide me, lead me, direct me, help me be a follower. You make the decision to trust Jesus today. It's the easiest decision you will ever make. And it is the most significant decision you will ever make. So make it. And experience the blessing, the goodness of faith that is assured.